Hey, sweet girls, it's Elizabeth. Before we jump in, I just wanted to let you know of a new opportunity that is starting like literally in the next few days. I am going to be holding a free one month group coaching experience for women who are interested in helping other women, supporting other women, whether it be sort of an official way through a role at church or small group women's ministry or one-on-one, or you just want to reach out to a friend. You want to be a better friend to those who are hurting, that kind of a thing. So we are going to be going through my Beauty for Ashes uh, e-course with content that will come weekly over the course of a month, and there will be a private Facebook group. So all that to say, if you are interested in being a part of this free one-month group coaching experience, shoot me an email at elizabeth at elizabethkline.com. Elizabeth has an S in it. Elizabeth at elizabethkline.com and let me know you're interested and I will get you added today. Sweet ones, welcome back to the All That to Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a God who provides so many tools to partner with us in our healing. Today, I am continuing our series on the 12 steps of recovery, and I'm going to share a little bit about the third step. If you haven't already listened to my episode where I shared my background with Al-Anon, you might want to start there. It was the mini Monday episode that aired on May 23rd, along with episodes 28 and 29, where I shared about the first and second steps. To recap, AA stands for Alcoholics Anonymous and is for people who struggle with an addiction to alcohol. And Al-Anon is for people who love someone who struggles with alcohol. And Al-Anon is what I attended for about a year and a half, maybe 15 or so years ago. And then I went back for another few months, a little bit more recently, when a situation cropped up that was triggering and making my life very uncomfortable. Um, So I thought I would start each one of these step episodes by reading all 12 of the 12 steps to help you become familiar with them. So here we go. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. These are from Al-Anon's 12 Steps, copyright 1996 by Al-Anon Family Group Headquarters. Okay, so let's take a look at step three. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Like I shared last week, for those of you who have zero faith or are perhaps deconstructing your faith after church trauma or childhood faith wounds, these steps might take a bit more time and patience on your part, and that's okay. Trust me when I say it will be worth the work. For those of us who come to the steps with a faith in God, these first few steps may flow a bit more easily, and yet, I was surprised how difficult it was for me to, for instance, truly turn my will and my life over because my will was stubborn and controlling and know-it-all. I was pretty sure I knew it was best for everyone. And my life was, you know, this curated imperfection that you see on Instagram, but pre-Instagram. It was the perfect little Christian family image that I was doing everything I could to hold together. So I believed in God completely, thought I was surrendering, but man, oh man, was I in charge of my life. Now, my controlling nature got in the way time and time again, especially during my first marriage. But to be honest, it can still get in the way. I can still want to manage everything. I can still sometimes think deep down, if they just listen to me, everything would be fine, which by the way, is really arrogant and egocentric. Um, Okay, so those are my confessions for today. Um, I'm going to share some readings from several books today. One is Serenity, a Companion for 12-Step Recovery, and from two of the three daily readers, Courage to Change and Hope for Today, and I will put links in the show notes to all of these. So this is from Serenity. Step three invites us to get out of the center of our universe and hand that place back to God. As we move into any addiction or dependency, we tend to become more self-centered, self-absorbed, and self-preoccupied in trying to address the pain driving the addiction or codependency. Paradoxically, this self-preoccupation only draws us more deeply into the addiction or codependency, creating more pain, loneliness, and isolation. In order to surmount the pain cycle, ultimately, we must step out of ourselves and look beyond ourselves. This is kind of a long one. Hang with me. Breaking out of this bondage of self does not mean we ignore or deny our needs. In fact, quite the reverse is true. If we can discover healthy, God-directed ways to meet our emotional and physical needs, then we become less needy, less selfish, less self-preoccupied individuals. This is another recovery paradox. Discovering what our needs are and asking to have those needs met may be one of the most unselfish things we do. Yes, as a Christian, all of us have needs and all of us have choices as to how those needs are to be met. Addictions, compulsions, and codependencies are counterfeit means of trying to meet our most basic physical, 
emotional, and spiritual hungers. But with God's help, we can find genuine ways of satisfying them. We want to turn ourselves over to God, but how? How do we get out of the driver's seat? The key is willingness. If we crack the door just a little bit, then God will direct us in the process. So good. Okay. Um, When we attempt to lean on our own understanding, we encounter numerous recovery barriers. How many times have we tried to think our way out of chronically painful emotions? How many times have we tried to reason our way past the emptiness of spiritual bankruptcy, all to no avail? Our decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God involves different forms of surrender. One important surrender is the surrender of an inflated sense of our own intellectual prowess. And so in step three, we learn to begin to lean not on our own understanding, but on the God of our understanding. So beautiful. So we make a decision. It starts with making a decision. It doesn't start with this huge, grandiose action. In um, Hope for Today, it says this, This means I have an active choice to turn my will and my life over to a higher power. No one is going to force me. No one is going to make me do anything. My recovery is my choice. What I choose to do with my will and my life is my decision. And today I choose to turn it over to the God of my understanding. What a relief it is to finally make that decision and to realize that I don't have to do or fix everything. I have begun to learn what is and isn't my responsibility. I feel lighter knowing that my God is with me 24 hours a day to help me with my life and its challenges. From the smallest decision to the largest, I can pray, God, what would you have me say and do? Oh my goodness. So good. So we can all make a decision, right? One simple decision to turn things over. And then we decide to turn things over again in the next moment when the next thing comes up. I love how simply John Eldridge puts this in his pause app, which by the way, if you have not downloaded the free John Eldridge wild at heart pause app, girls, I'm telling you, it's the best thing out there. It's amazing. Did I say it's free? It has one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minute pauses. It's so good. Okay. I will put a link in the show notes to get the pause app, but I love how simply he puts this. It's, I think almost all of his pauses start with, I give everything, rephrase, I give everyone and everything to you, God. I give everyone and everything to you. Try that. Say those words. Then literally just list off the people and the things that are weighing on your heart and your mind. That is making a decision. That is turning our will and our lives and the people we love over to him. It's not this huge woo-woo thing that we can't attain. It's attainable. It's something we can do every day, many, many times a day. And when we turn things over, when we hand these things over, we're not just like throwing them out into the universe. We are giving them over to the care of God. First Peter 5, 7 encourage us, encourages us to cast all of our cares onto God. Why? Because he cares for us. 
He cares so much for you. He cares so much for the people you love. He loves you so much. God loves you so much. God loves your loved ones so much. He cares about every detail, every problem, every circumstance, every heartbreak, every anxiety, every tear, so much. Listen to these words from Courage to Change, one of the daily readers. The third step talks about placing my will and my life in the care of a higher power. For me, this power is a presence that loves me as I am, that accepts me with compassion on the bad days as well as the good. Once I have accepted that the destructive presence of another's alcoholism, side note, another's any kind of dysfunction has affected my life, I crave the benevolent influence of a God untouched by this disease. What I do in turning over my will in my life is to become receptive to guidance, receptive to his love. I become willing to accept the care of God who is greater than me. I think of this care as a source of love and support that surrounds me in my daily life. I do not need to earn it or to work for it. I need only be receptive to it. I continue to have a will to exercise and a life to live, but I do so bathed in a light of love and understanding. How gorgeous is that? We're not just giving it up to, like I said, the universe or someone mean or someone who's just like this puppet master in the sky. When we're handing our lives and our wills and our hearts and our loved ones and our problems over to God, it's into his loving care. It's to someone who knows us and loves us and who wants what is best for you and for every single person you love. Okay, but let me share a little caution. We don't hand things over and then shirk our responsibilities. God is not a genie in a bottle. He has given us agency and a sound mind to live our own lives and take care of ourselves and our own responsibilities, as you've heard me say it, to tend to our own acres. So we pray, we ask for guidance, we hand over each one of the people in our lives to God's love. We hand over each one of um, each one of our problems to God's attention. We hand over ourselves to God's care, and we do the things that we can do. Let me read Psalm twenty-three over each one of you. It's so beautiful. I mean, this is just such a lovely, loving, gentle step. It's not something we have to work at. It's something we gently practice. Oh, I love the step so much. Okay, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely your goodness and your mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Okay, so I will post a link in the show notes for where you can find an Al-Anon group, a Celebrate Recovery group, a therapist. A little reminder, I'm not a therapist. This is not to be a replacement of any kind for therapy or for a recovery small group. I can't recommend Al-Anon highly enough. I've been through Celebrate Recovery. I recommend that as well. Boy, have I been in therapy. Can't recommend therapy highly enough. I'm also going to put links for where you can order the Al-Anon Daily Readers that I referred to. Um, I still read them each morning. Um, The Serenity Bible 12-step companion that I shared from, along with a link to help you determine if you might have some codependent traits, links to my marriage methods and Heartbreak to Hope courses, um, the Pause app link. What else? I think that's it. Um, Yeah, so many links for you. Um, As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me or you can message me through the podcast. And a reminder that you can share any episode. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can support it financially. You can rate it. You can leave a review, all of which means so much to me and helps to spread the word. And thank you to everyone who has done any of those. So sweet ones, all that to say, in the middle of your recovery journey, or if you are just dipping your toe into the steps, You are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God, and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world, and you start each day already completely loved, with no other loves to beg for, and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.